it's all gone to pot, right? Yep. It's yep. essentially it's all gone to pot. And then the spontaneity comes out. Realistic, pessimistic side of me turns into optimism. If I'm ever optimistic, something's gone really wrong. Really <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of the Working Enneagram Podcast, where we talk about the Enneagram in the context of work. I am very excited to introduce our two guests today, who are both Enneagram Type 6s. First, we have Jake Fralix, who is the Director of Placement Services for an Education Consulting Company. Thanks for joining the show, Jake. Honored to be here. Our second guest is Amy Ames. And no, that is not her stage name. That is her real name. Amy owns her own photography business, and fun fact, her husband Jayton was a guest on episode 16, which featured the wings for the Enneagram 4. It is nice to have the better half on the show. Amy, thanks for being here. Gosh, thank you. I'm so excited. <laughs> Don't tell Jayton I said that. I won't. <laughs> He'll never know. <laughs> okay, guys, my goal for our time together is to give the listeners a peek into the world of the Enneagram 6, what it's like to be a 6 in the world. And then I'd love to highlight some of the wings, which is the five and the seven. So the six with the five wing has this really good balance of intellect and wisdom. And the six with the seven wing has this really neat balance of curiosity, safety with adventure. It's phenomenal to have both of those wings come into play. So I'm excited to see where those wings show up at work, if they do, and uh, hear a little bit more about what it means for, for sixes to be in each of your industries specifically. So Jake, I'm going to start with you. How long have you been in your role as the director of placement services and what all does that entail? Yeah, so I've been working for my current company in this role uh, for about the last 18 months. Oh, wow. Okay, relatively new. Yeah, yeah. And it's very much, I'm very much in a sales-oriented industry, and I've worked in sales in some capacity for the last four years and probably six total years of my life. So my current day-to-day is we are a contract education company, so we go out into school districts and school settings and provide contractors to supply specialists. So speech therapists, diagnosticians, school psychologists. And so I oversee all of our sales and that entails everything from generating new districts to account relationship management and everybody who works in a full-time capacity for us. I do all their contract negotiations for the school districts. Cool. Amy, tell me about photography. How long have you been doing it? And has that been something you've always dreamed you were doing or did you kind of fall into it? So I've been doing it for as a business for two or three years, but I went to school and got my undergrad in communications and art media. And I thought I was going to go into like public relations or sales or something like that. Mm -hmm. But I just, when I got out of college, I was like, I don't feel ready for that or I don't want to go into that. And so I ended up going to film school, which was a major like left turn. Like what's happening? I changed my major three times. I was in psychology. I was in forensic some, no, it was archaeology. So, random things. I just That's wanted amazing. to do something exciting. Mm-hmm. And so after film school, I had moved to Texas and I started doing video here, which originally that's what my plan was, doing post-production for video. And then I started shooting photos for a local church. And I was like, oh, I just love this. Mm-hmm. I love photos and I love connecting with people that way. And so I'm like, oh, I can make friends everywhere. And I can take their picture and make them feel good about themselves. Like that was just it for me. You were sold. I was sold. I was <laughs> like, this is fantastic. And also doesn't hurt that I can make my own schedule. 
That is helpful. Yeah. The yeah. Flexibility. So what are, aside from making your own schedule mm-hmm. and connecting with people, what are the things that you love most about owning your own business mm-hmm. and it being photography as your industry? One thing that I love specifically about photography is visual imagery and just making something beautiful and conjuring an emotion from that photo, Mm. especially for weddings. I love doing couple photos after the ceremony and it's just like they just got married. It's like you're feeling that love and everything and just seeing them interact, preserving that is one of the sweetest moments for me. What's your favorite thing about owning your own business? I never thought that I would own my own business. Like that is not, I'm like, I procrastinate. I don't, I would rather sit and read a book than like actually (laughs) go do something sometimes. So owning my own business was a a big shock to me. I like being able to make the decisions and knowing what's best for my clients and what's best for me emotionally to be like, okay, well, I'm not going to be overwhelmed or stressed. Like everything that I'm doing, I've okayed. Mm -hmm. So I don't feel overwhelmed in any situation that I'm like, okay, if I'm saying yes to something, I know that it's doable and that I can do this correctly and do it right. Mm -hmm. So I guess that's one of my favorite things about owning my own business. I love that. I think as a six, there's anxiety that a lot of sixes can feel when their boss has expectations that the six feels like, I don't know if I can meet that. Maybe even sometimes some resentment of like, you're expecting me to do this, but you're planning for me to fail. There is a level of freedom when you own your own business as a six to be able to say, I'm stuck with my decisions. I have confidence in what I can do, but also I don't have to worry about disappointing somebody else. Now that may change with photography. There may be some anxiety between like, what if the couple hates the pictures? But as far as being your quote own boss, that can help for sure. Well, I think too, you know, when you think about owning your own business, I would think, and especially in photography, a lot of your clientele are weddings, right? Mm -hmm. Are people getting married? And you think, well, most of the time it's the bride who's putting all this plan together. Mm-hmm. The bride wants something perfect, right? You think about a six and being a perfectionist, you would like to think most of the time, hey, like I'm a six, I'm going to make sure this is perfect. I'll, you know, the bride's oh, yeah. probably super anxious about it and stuff like that. But. Yeah. Thankfully, I've gotten some really wonderful brides. I will say that like I feel very blessed with the people that I've gotten to work with. I don't think there's been one couple that is bad, but I do have a story of the first time because this is like the worst case scenario for me. The first wedding that I ever shot, I was given it by another photographer that couldn't do it, but they didn't tell me that the groom was deaf. Oh, no. And so, like, that's helpful information. Yeah, deeply, deeply helpful. And it was like at a very Catholic, like, strict church, like, you don't go past this pew kind of thing. Like, <laughs> but again, no one told me these things going into it. So as a six, I went up to the groom and was like, hi, I'm Amy, like stuck up my hand, real cheery. And he just blank face looked at me and I was like, what did I do? <laughs> did I oh, say no. something wrong? And then like, I think it, his brother or somebody else was also deaf that was standing there. So I'm like, how how do I communicate? Like, how do I do? And I felt, I'm, just, I'm sure I was a tomato at that point, but everything worked out fine. Oh, but it was gosh. just like- the sweat of anxiety that came (laughs) over me. I was like, this is, I'm never doing this again. So what keeps you going amidst having that experience? Yeah, because there's a lot of things that can go wrong with like photography. It's like, again, having something glitch where you lose footage or Mm -hmm. corruption and all that kind of stuff. I have a lot of backup plans in order. So like I have a dual SD card slot. So like it records to two. So in case one corrupts the other and one will have the footage or like 
I have multiple hard drives I'll back up to because you can't recreate those days right. and you can't recreate those moments. You need to have backup plans and a backup system. But something that keeps me going is just like, and I think for me, I, I truly think I'm a wing seven, like the excitement I feel like going into wedding days, you have to be some sort of crazy to like do that constantly and keep that energy up. Cause like mm -hmm. anyone who's been married, you know, the stress of it and the craziness of it. So imagine that like every weekend. Yeah. Forever. <laughs> That's your job. Yeah, basically. And so I think just, I love bringing joy to people and like making sure that they feel good. I don't know. I just, I love other people's happiness and mm -hmm. I love making sure other people feel comfortable and safe and seen. I think that's more than anything that people feel seen. And that's funny as a photographer because, you know, visuals, pun intended, but like I want people to know that they matter and that their love story or whatever event that they're going through like matters and I will take great care of them. Okay, Jake, I'm curious. We got to hear kind of your worst case scenario at work, Amy. Can Does anything come to mind? I know it's been 18 months in your role. So has there been a worst case scenario that you've experienced in the past 18 months that just you're like, yep, this is what happened? Let me say I've been very fortunate up to this Yay. point, but I would say the sky falling, falling scenario for me, I have about 40 people who rely on me solely for a job to find them in the summer, a full-time job from August until the end of May. And so that builds a lot of anxiety It's with a me weighty responsibility. Because in, you know, when I tell my bosses, you know, as a Christian believer, like these people are relying on me to provide for them and mm -hmm. provide not only for them, but for their families, mm -hmm. right? Especially in a world where things seem to be such a challenge with everything going on. Yeah. And so- you know, we've had situations where things haven't worked out with our school districts, but for the most part, we've been very fortunate up to this point. But there are a lot of nights where, you know, I'm up at three o'clock in the morning looking at the sky thinking, I don't know how I'm going to find this person a job, but mm -hmm. I've got to find somebody a job so they can make an earning and, you know, provide for their family. That is weighty. How do you have a healthy balance between it is my responsibility coupled with, I have faith that God is going to deliver for me and for them. Yeah, absolutely. That was actually one of the the, the points I brought up. It's, you know, and I've got to tell myself this as a six, that yeah, although the sky might seem like it's going to start falling one day, putting my faith in him, mm -hmm. knowing that he's going to provide for not only myself, but for the company and for the people who work for us mm -hmm. is, it's a challenge at yes. times. You know, I've really tasked myself as a manager, as a leader for our company to, you know, to have that, that balance and, and make sure that he's with me every day that, you know, when I'm making phone calls or talking to, to new people. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a challenge and, and can be very heavy on me, but we've been very fortunate up to this point that That's he awesome. seems to provide. That is awesome. I love that. Yeah. Thanks for sharing. Okay. I'm curious to know how y'all came to the conclusion that you were in an Enneagram six. And for those of you who are listening, if you're not familiar, the Enneagram 6 is known as the loyalist. And I will say if anybody I've had a conversation with doesn't know that they're a 6 and I ask them to describe themselves in one word, they almost always say loyal or steadfast. It, without fail, 6s will describe themselves as loyal people or very steadfast, which I love. Uh, the core desire for 6s is to have safety, security, support, and connection and the core fear is being abandoned. 
cut off from their support systems. And then the the weakness of the six is fear, uh, but it really manifests as anxiety. And so fear, the hard work for the six is to name the fear because the anxiety keeps all the thoughts going up here. But when the six can spend time to really name that fear, then they can kind of tap into that courage, which is their virtue. Is that I think sixes are the most courageous number on the Enneagram. They know all the things that could go wrong and they still get out of bed. And I think there's something to be said for that. So Amy, how how do you know that you're a six? So I think the first thing that clued me in was just like the core being fear in general. I think my brain went to the negatives at first of like fear of abandonment and mm-hmm. like the sky is falling always in my brain. And I, I definitely thought about worst case scenarios a lot of the time of even in college, I was like the mom of the group. And I was like, are you okay? Do we have to get here? Are you drinking mm-hmm. water? Mm-hmm. I didn't drink water, but I made sure everybody else was drinking water. Like, <laughs> <laughs> are you hydrated? I'm not. But I'm are still you? not hydrated. <laughs> still to this day. <laughs> Jake, how about you? How do you know you're six? Uh, jokingly, because my OCD and my anxiety medicine tells me so. <laughs> but awesome. in all seriousness, yeah, I've struggled my entire life with anxiety which obviously is the six in me. But I think, you know, the characteristics that I possess is, you know, the hardworking, the responsible for everything. My wife's a, a nine and we're very much different. She's that. probably going to roll her eyes when I when she hears me say this in this podcast. But like I very much am making sure that day to day inside the house, in the office or whatever, that things are rolling, things are, are moving along. Mm-hmm. There's a, a mission ahead and that everybody's kind of staying within the mission and, and making sure everything goes perfectly as possible. Amy, which wing are you more developed in and why is it the seven? <laughs> <laughs> Because I used to think it was the five because I was like, oh, I love reading. I love my quiet time or whatever that might be. But I think like once I sat with it and especially with being a photographer, needing to go out and talk to people, needing to have that like uh, social side with the wing seven, I feel like I have the ability to be like the life of the party and that I have to pull on with weddings to being like. I'm making sure to keep things moving Mm -hmm. and like bring the energy, bring the excitement. Mm -hmm. Like even the bride last night, she's like, I love your energy. Like I love that we can bond like this. And I feel like I can chameleon well to what my brides need Yeah, to be like, do you need energy? Do you need peace? What can we do with that? Whereas I think when I'm tired and like, I think when I try and like close into my shell, it's like, I will use it escapism Mm -hmm. and I will read a 500 page book in a day I'll just be like nobody look at me don't blink at me don't breathe near me I need peace (laughs) like so when I was in a very depressed anxious state I think I've read like 60 books in a year that's impressive which sounds impressive but for me I was escaping my reality Mm -hmm. because my anxiety was taking over Mm -hmm. and like I'm also on anxiety medication and like what y'all can't see is both of us are fidgeting during this whole thing, I like love it my so toes, much. I'm like flexing my toes and like playing with my. I pick at my skin on by my thumbs. My friends like, "What is wrong with you?" It's like, "What is that?" I'm like, "I have a nervous habit." Hi, I'm a six. <laughs> I'm a six. I have anxiety. <laughs> um, so I just think it's funny. I was like, "Oh, it's not just me. <laughs> I feel seen." Um, so, anyways, circling back around, I think my wing seven because of my social skills, mm-hmm. and when I'm in a healthy sixth place, I 
tend to lean into that wing seven. But when I'm unhealthy, I lean into my wing five Mm -hmm. and just like in my little dark bubble and no one look at me. Kind of withdraw. Yes. I have my fuzzy blanket burrito and my books don't come near me. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Jake, how about you? What wing are you more developed in? So I'm more of a five. And in my unhealthy capacity, I turned to a seven. That's awesome. <laughs> I love to know that. Yeah. And I think too, especially in my professional capacity, I'm more of a leadership role at my company. And so within generating new business, like I'm challenged to look at different aspects to make more revenue yep. and do other things. And it, it really takes on that five. Uh, I'm a realist by far. I tell everybody I'm... I'm like the realism in me is I like I'm I'm not optimistic, a contrarian. I go against the flow most of the time. Like if when we're in a, a work meeting, I'm the one to say, I hear what y'all are saying, but y'all got to understand like these are things that we could face as well. Mm-hmm. And so go ahead. Do people experience that as not realistic, but as pessimistic? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Especially my friends. They call me the pessimist of the group. I call it realism, let's be honest, because that's <laughs> what it is. <laughs> and then I think when I'm in an unhealthy place, um, I just, everything I know seems to lose itself. And I'm mm. like, all right, that's it. Like, it's all gone to pot, yep. right? It's yep. Essentially, it's all gone to pot. And then the spontaneity comes out. Realistic, pessimistic side of me turns into optimism. If I'm ever optimistic, something's gone really wrong. <laughs> Oh, no. That's good to know. That's the rule, right? If I'm optimistic about something, it's underneath the still face is sheer panic. Yes. And so I think there's value to that, right? There's value to everything. Mm -hmm. And and understanding that, you know, there's people like me out there that understand for every action, there's a reaction, right? Absolutely. Something that's going to happen. And looking down, you know, I feel like sometimes it's being possibly two or three steps ahead of everybody else just mm-hmm. to prepare. Right? Mm-hmm. So, Okay. So I'll end with this question. Um, sixes, y'all, as y'all know, they really, they struggle with anxiety. I don't think a lot of other personality types get that. I don't think there's an understanding. There's almost um, from other types who don't feel as anxious. There's um, somewhat of a judgment around like, just pull yourself together. Uh, There's somewhat of an intolerance of grow up. There's some uh, perspectives around uh, you can't show your weakness. You can't show your anxiety. So what advice would you give to other Enneagram sixes who kind of feel stuck in being what the world expects them to be? It's okay to fail. It's okay to ask for help, right? Mm -hmm. It's okay to rely on somebody else to to do something, whether that's at home, you know, taking care of your kids or in a professional capacity. It's it's not a one man wrecking ball, right? We're we're about community. There's people around you that are willing to help you. Sometimes you just gotta ask. Mm. You just gotta ask. Yeah. That's well said. I love that. Thanks, Jake. What would you add? What advice would you give for any Graham Sixes out there? So I'd second all of that first. We're supposed to cast all of our fears and anxiety on God. And for sixes, I think that just resonates really strongly because, like, we're trying, right? Like, we're mm-hmm. we're praying, like, Lord, please take this. Like, I don't want to feel this way. Like, I am trying to rely on you. But that trust is also really hard because we okay. want that control because if we have that control, like, 
the worst can't happen if we're in control. Mm-hmm. And you have to look at it as like, no, you are not the savior of the world. Like mm-hmm. God created us. Like let him have that control so you don't have to worry and have anxiety. Mm-hmm. And so I also think that because sixes, they tend to have that tribe because they have the loyalty in those friendships. Like have that discipleship with those people around you. Open up about your fears and let them know because we're all here to support each other. Like you can't do things on your own. And as sixes, we like to just have plans for everybody else. And there's parts that we want to have it for ourselves, but like allow yourself to confide in others. You are not a burden. Mm -hmm. You are not stressing other people out. You are there for them let them be there for you because mm-hmm. you'd be surprised how much they want to be there for you. Because a lot of the time we're like, we're too much. Our anxiety is too much. I'm I'm a lot to handle and nobody else wants to handle this. So I must keep it in my brain at all times. Mm-hmm. And until you realize that's not the case and let it out, you're not going to be able to move into that healthy six that you're wanting and needing to be. And that's for me right now is I'm finally stepping into that healthy side of being a six. And man, does it feel good. I'm like, I could (laughs) just lay in the grass and watch my anxiety float overhead like the clouds. That's amazing. And it's, and I think it's because the work. You just, you just upped your meds, didn't you? (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. Please cut that. (laughs) Or don't. (laughs) I wish I could say that, but it is all Jesus. (laughs) He gave me some extra dopamine, (laughs) but it's, it's, it's fantastic to let yourself just be vulnerable and let yourself know that you're not too much. And you're also not too much for the right people. If they can't handle it, that's on them and they're struggling with something, but your true friends and the people around you want to be in it with you. Mm -hmm. So allow that to take up space. You can take up space. Your anxiety is not going to be too much. I think it was Marilyn Monroe who said, if you can't handle me at my worst, then you don't deserve me at my best. I feel that deep. I loved that. I'm like, yeah. I still feel that. Some people, some people will not stick around or you may be too much for them, but you have the people who are loyal to you just as much as you are loyal to them. Guys, this was wonderful. Thank you. It was fun to get the different perspectives of what it can look like for a six to have an unhealthy wing on the five and the seven side. So I love that y'all gave perspectives there. And then even just in different industries, photography versus consulting with education. And um, I appreciate the insight into leaving a job well and what that takes for sixes, knowing that you're going to experience some inner turmoil and you may stay longer than you need to. Uh, But ultimately, prayer is a great tool that the Lord has for us. And I think sixes, if anything, um, do do courage and they do faith really well. Um, More than anything, I think sixes need to lean into their faith that God is there and they can trust him. He's in control. He will provide. He is the best provider. It may not be the way that we want it to look, uh, but it, it is there and he's still good. Hey, thanks so much for listening to this conversation with Enneagram Sixes, Jake and Amy. Before we conclude, I have an exciting announcement to make. 
As you're aware, the Enneagram offers a remarkable path to self-awareness and personal development. And now I am thrilled to extend an invitation for you to join me at an extraordinary, truly extraordinary event that will delve even deeper into the wisdom of the Enneagram. On Saturday, September 16th, from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m., we will be hosting a captivating Enneagram all-day workshop. This immersive experience will take you on a comprehensive exploration of the intelligence centers with the Enneagram. Throughout the day, we will dive into the distinct qualities of the gut types, the feeling types, and the thinking types, dedicating a 90-minute session to each specific center. Additionally, we will facilitate two very engaging roundtable conversations that will last right around 30 minutes each. This is a place where you can share your insights and connect with other fellow Enneagram enthusiasts. No need to worry about getting hungry because we've got that covered too. We've reserved a generous 90-minute lunch break, allowing you to unwind, recharge, and hopefully even engage with meaningful discussions with our other attendees. So whether you're new to the Enneagram or you're an experienced explorer, this workshop guarantees a deepened understanding of the Enneagram's intelligence centers, along with practical tools for personal growth. So mark your calendars for Saturday, September 16th, and join me at this transformative event. To secure your spot, simply visit the website at theworkingenneagram.com forward slash events, or click the show notes in the link to register. That concludes everything I've got for you today. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.